0: This Week in Startups is brought to you by DigitalOcean, providing the easiest cloud platform to deploy, manage, and scale applications. Sign up today and receive a free $100 credit at doco twist. And LinkedIn. A business is only as strong as its people, and every hire matters. Go to linkedincom twist and get a $50 credit toward your first job post. And HubSpot, join thousands of startups that are growing better with HubSpot for startups. Learn more and get extra benefits for being a Twist listener now at hubspot.com startups twist.
1: I like to start this event with a little open mic session where people pitch me or ask me a question. And then in uh, my trademark candid style, I savage them for the entertainment of the audience. These people have all agreed to take the red pill in advance. There's no blue pill in here. These folks have said, "I am going to pitch you, and I want you to give me your God's honest truth, uh, the honest reaction." Okay, so who's first? All right, look at this guy. Oof, got the tie and everything. This can be a round of applause. Why don't you grab one of those
2: microphones? Okay, and uh, tell us your Mike name. Check. Kevin Gillespie, text the lawyer. Uh, Where are you from Portland, Oregon? All
1: right. I like a guy in a suit looking good All right, you have one minute on the clock to either pitch you're gonna pitch your company definitely okay? And you you have taken the red pill two of them good
2: Three two go ever gotten a ticket you thought was bullshit or a family member got arrested and you wondered What's next if you didn't know how to get quick and affordable legal advice? You're not alone According to justice.gov, 80% of all legal need goes unmet, a $300 billion market currently being ignored. Our target market is people who have trouble connecting to an attorney. These people uh, have trouble because they find lawyers expensive, difficult to contact, and the legal process intimidating. Our solution, text a lawyer. We are the world's fastest way to hire an attorney because we simplify the process. Download our app, pick a state, choose a legal category, and you're automatically connected to the highest rated attorney. Pricing is fixed. $20 to hire a lawyer for a quick chat. $9 for follow-up questions. Apps are ready for launch. The right lawyer, right now. All right, let's give him a big round of applause.
1: Clearly, somebody has been practicing their pitch. That was exceptionally well done. And the first thing that's important to understand when you're pitching, especially in this kind of format, is you want people to understand what you do. And you did an excellent job of that. You presented the problem. There's a large group of people who don't know how to find a lawyer. And um, we have a solution. Text a lawyer. The name says what it is. And you actually mentioned the price. So you preempted a lot of my questions, because most of the time when I talk to an aspiring founder or a founder, I just sit there and wait as they do things like say, let me set the table. Let me frame the discussion. And it's just like, who has time for all this? I don't need your backstory. I don't need to know anything other than what does this product do in the world? Why did you build it? How does it make money? Let's start with the most important thing. So what I love about your presentation, tell me your first name again. Kevin. And where are you from again? Portland. Kevin from Portland. This is a a great pitch. Just great that you were the first person to pitch because it was so clear. Who doesn't understand this business? Raise your hand. Great. That is success, right? That's success. So now that gets you to the next phase with an investor. What you're trying to do in a format like this is get the meeting. And you're trying to build credibility. We are all in a giant credibility uh, contest called life. Right? And your credibility went like this in one minute. Serious guy, tight haircut, great suit, takes the job seriously, obviously didn't come up here unprepared. And in under a minute, we know what you do, we know how you make money. Credibility went like this. Now you get the second meeting, you got a second meeting with me if you want it, because I want to know. Yes, please. Okay, and I want to (laughs) know how much money does this make? Right? And what is the margin? And that's when you know you've got them on the hook, the investors. The number one question I get is, how do I get investor money? Uh, Or how do I get your money? And really, we have too many companies to go through. And in this credibility exercise, we want to work with people as investors who we feel are going to be easy, breezy, and who are focused. You didn't leave anything to our imagination. We don't got to figure out anything with this business. Young people. People maybe who are in the lower third of the demographic don't have desktop computers. Maybe they skip desktop computers, they just have a phone. Maybe they're comfortable in text, but not on the phone. All these reasons we know text works. So it's just a lot of check boxes went off. Let's give them a big round of applause. Thank you. Pass the microphone. Tell us your name. Alder. What is it? Alder. Alder. Where are you from, Alder?
3: I'm from the East Coast.
1: The East Coast? Yes, okay. Connecticut. Connecticut, where Darianne, Hartford, Hartford, okay, well done. Um, You have one minute on the clock. Are you going to pitch me and ask me a question? I'm going to pitch you. All right, three, two, go. Hi, my name is Alder.
3: I run a company called Ideas to Stuff. Now, millions and millions of digital assets are made every year for video games, AR, VR, etc. But not a lot of them actually get monetized, only a few actually make it to production as physical goods. This is the problem that we solve with a custom three D printing system that I invented, and actually, we're going to be launching in San Francisco this uh, this holiday season. We're actually going to be pairing that uh, system with a uh, online model online platform of designers. We're up to eight thousand, which, fun fact, Jason is a thousand more than we were when we were rejected from the incubator. So, a little bit of traction. Based on the nine years I've spent in this industry, we've can expect, we can expect a 50% margin. I've personally created hundreds of thousands of items with 3D printed items, and, well, we're raising a seed fund. So solo founder, but we're doing good
1: stuff. Okay, let's give him a big round of applause. Um, so you took the red pill or the blue one? I think I'm taking the red pill. Beautiful. Um, so one of your challenges will be that you were part of a movement, a wave of 3D printing that people generally believe is over, or that ran its course and yeah, they're just not as hot on it anymore. Um, Those people of course are wrong, but one of the things we all contend with as founders is that things come in and out of vogue, right? And one of the things that is always challenging is when you're a true believer, which you are, you've been doing this for a decade. Yep. And you're going to have to fight through the peaks and valleys of the hype cycle. We're now at a low point for um, this space, but we invested, I think, maybe 18 months ago in a company called Desktop Metal, which does 3D printing. Mm -hmm. You, You know the company. Oh, yeah. And my thesis on it was... I don't need to know if this is gonna work. The founder, uh, Rick Fullop, who I was on the board of Dine with, is so compelling that if he believes, then I believe, right? And so that's where you're a fascinating person to me because I know that you've been doing this for a while um, and you're you're not afraid to make money. I think it's a little bit confusing exactly what you're going after um, and what the margin is gonna be. So my hope for you is that you are so laser focused on unit economics and customer delight and revenue that you can overcome the objection that'll be, isn't 3D printing over? Isn't that opportunity gone? Just like people are like, oh, isn't the opportunity for mobile gone? And it's like, "Mm, I don't know about that. Like, we're we're investing in a lot of mobile companies that are doing pretty darn good. Um, So keep updating us. And you went through the incubator process, the application process. We always try to make that um, the start of a relationship. When we don't accept somebody into the incubator, we have to have a long conversation with them. We do it by email or um, we'll have a back and forth. It's not that you didn't uh, deserve to get in. It's that the competition was fierce. Just trying to show you attraction. And keep working on attraction. But here's the thing. Life is a zero sum game. There's this false premise that are you a millennial or Gen X or you're on the bubble? Uh, on the line. You get a participation trophy in your life ever? <laughs> <laughs> did you, to be honest, did you ever get one? No, okay, good, so then you're probably Gen X. Um, the, the participation trophy generation, a lot of times, like, why isn't there a spot for me? And it's like, well, there's a limited amount of bandwidth that every investor has, and you are in competition with an ever-increasing really um, base of founders who are figuring out what, drives investment. And unit economics for your business, how much profit you have per unit each time, and then your ability to scale it. So focus on those two things, the unit economics and your ability to scale it, and I think it's all gonna work out. Let's give them a round of applause. Happy New Year, everybody. It's 2019, and you know what you need for your startup. You need to scale your infrastructure to match all your explosive growth. Well, if you want the best cloud platform to deploy, manage, and scale applications, that is DigitalOcean. 150,000 businesses are using DigitalOcean, over 150,000, and they are one of Inc.'s world's fastest growing startups. You get free round-the-clock tech support for all of the customers that use the service, regardless of the spend. And there's a huge learning community with resources and tutorials ready to go. It's business ready and it's here, ready to scale with you. Very straightforward billing. You're always going to know what you'll pay. Get a hundy, $100 right now by going to do.co slash twist. Yes, go to do.co slash twist. They got that nice short domain name. And here is an amazing customer testimonial. Listen to this, everybody. Since moving to DigitalOcean, our setup is ultimately more capable than what we had before the migration. Downtime has become a rarity, and our hosting costs have decreased by more than 90%. What? You're going to save a ton of money. You're going to get better service, and you're going to love how easy and simple it is to use DigitalOcean. An amazing company. Uh, we've had Mitch Wainer on the program a couple of times. Great guy. Great company. Great founders. They raised a ton of money, and they are building the world's greatest cloud platform. So go ahead and get that Hundy right now by going to do.co/twist. Go ahead and get that hundred dollars. That offer may not last, so I need you to do it right now today. Do.co/twist. Okay, let's get back to this amazing episode. All right. Hi. Tell us your name. MJ. MJ? Correct. That is your name. What does it stand for, MJ? Michael Jordan? Yeah. Now, what does it stand for? Tell me.
4: Uh, my, my first name is very long, so I just decided to pick the... Tell us what it is. Yeah. Min Oshuk. Min Oshuk. Yeah. Kind
1: of. What, w- w- what uh, origin is this name? I'm curious.
4: Uh, I'm originally from Mongolia.
1: Oh, wow. Very cool. Uh, so did you take the red pill or the blue pill? Red. Okay, good. We're in sync. Uh, are you going to pitch us or ask a question? I'm going to pitch. Three, two, go.
4: Hi, my name is MJ. I'm founder and CEO of Urxus. So Urxus is open source growth marketing software. So it's marketing sales support software designed for startups to attract more engaged customer. So it's a simply like open source of HubSpot with mission and community driven ecosystem. Uh, we are, we have now, uh, 15 enterprise customers, and up until this point, we have 100% bootstrap and team of 22
1: and uh, doing good. So, thank you. Okay, let's give a big round of applause. (laughs) Finished in 40 seconds, that's a power move. Um, Very interesting, open source version of HubSpot, 15 customers starting to build credibility with me. Why? Well, because we all watched what open source did to non-open source products and projects. Right now, something like, I don't know, 20 or 30% of websites run off of WordPress. 70.
4: 70? 70% out of uh, 1.8 million websites.
1: Run off of WordPress. Right. OK, um, so I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I know it's double digit, significant percentage. And they don't make money on 90% of that or percent, 95% of that, just people contributing. Um, and we saw Vignette, which was a public company that CNET spun out in the 90s, which was going to be the powerful CMS. And there were all these CMS companies. And the ones that won, ultimately, open source, right? So open source can have a powerful impact on uh, spaces where uh, innovation is moving slowly. And so it, it can be a big advantage. I'm not sure in the enterprise space here if it will be or not, but it would be very interesting to talk to your customers and drill down. What is the range of what they pay per year? You uh, have 15 customers. When you said customers, I assume they're all paying. So right. of those 15, are all 15 paying?
4: Each paying 2,500 a month. Okay. So around 30K.
1: So you have 30K MRR. Uh, monthly reoccurring revenue, Right. Uh, this is fantastic. So we have a real company here. And what I love about companies in this space is where this is where we have done, um, I think as a firm, launch and the incubator and the syndicate have really done a great job, is when we find somebody who's got 10, 20, 30K a month, helping them 10X that, and they getting the venture community involved. So you're right there and we've met before. And so the progress is great. I, think, I like the open source approach. And for people in the audience, there is a concept, your margin is my opportunity, or it's something to that effect is how people say it. In other words, if Microsoft makes its money off of um, selling um, Microsoft Office, Google's going to provide it for free to everybody. And if they make money off Outlook, they're going to provide Gmail for free to everybody. And then if Google makes its money off of advertising and search, well then Amazon is gonna create their own ad network and now a lot of people are posting their ads on amazon.com and they're charging less and and taking away Google's business. So this is a constant theme in technology. Uh, Android, open source, attacking the iOS operating system. So it's a classic playbook and those customers, I think the way you'll be judged uh, because you're a little bit further down the funnel, is on what the enterprise folks call land and expand. You're aware of this term? Have you heard this before? No. Okay. So land and expand means you landed 15 clients at 2,500. Can one of those or two of those expand to 15,000 a month? Have Do you think any of them would expand? Is there another offering you can give them that would add a zero to their monthly spend?
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, we are just giving 2500 for support, but most are like banks, they are requiring more to connect them with- So the answer to my question is? Legacy system, yes.
1: Yes. Um, short answer is always better. Um, so in this case, what I would do is uh, come up with a VIP product that is outrageously expensive, and then email each of your 15 customers and say, we wanted to let you know that we have a new product. It's designed for companies like you that really want to maximize this opportunity. And it's $25,000 a month. And here are the benefits. Would you like to take a exploratory call or meeting uh, and be one of the first customers to do this? And if, I don't know, let's say you, you have 15, if 10 of them take the meeting, well now you know that they're priced insensitive. And this is one of the things that I see over and over again with founders underpricing their products. Oh. And the pricing power uh, is just extraordinary if you're solving a problem because corporations, especially when you're selling into a corporation, they have so much cash. They are Corporations are doing better than ever, tax cuts, global economy, efficiency, there's a lot of reasons. And they love spending money on enterprise tools. They love spending money on making employees more efficient. So don't underestimate your value, and keep pushing those prices up until it's painful for your customers, Mm -hmm. right? You wanna be able to have two or three of them say, I can't afford this, and just route them out of the system. Uh, Let's give them a big round of applause. Thank you. I see you have a Tokyo purse. I just got back from Tokyo. Are you from Tokyo?
5: Yes, I'm from Tokyo, but I I am Vietnamese. My name is Thao, T H A O. I live in Tokyo for more than 10 years. Oh wow! Yes. What
1: an amazing city! What an amazing functional city!
5: I met you in the ch- signing book event. Oh okay. Yes. I,
1: there were about a thousand books I signed, so I apologize for not remembering. It's okay. That moment in time, but I was also very sleep deprived. But uh, what an amazing disparity! What an amazing, uh, yeah. Just spending. T- who's been to Tokyo recently? Like, it's unbelievable. Like. It is the city of the future, and it's so well run, and there's so much pride in that city that to live in San Francisco and see what a tragedy this city has become, and then to see a functional city with many more people and much more complexity run so well, it's so mind-blowing that like, it makes you wanna register a domain like mayorjason.com. I mean, it just makes you wanna It makes you want to be aspirational and try to lift a city up from a zero to a ten, like Tokyo is. I just love that city. Uh, I'm going to go back in six months. You're going to pitch me, or you're going to ask me a question. Pitch. Three, two, go.
5: Endoraku is um, a Tokyo-based startup that's working on mobile application, and we focus on introduce a lot of Japanese products to worldwide fans. The reason why we want to build EndoRoku is because a lot of my friends uh, who are foreigners living in Tokyo give up on buying Japanese products because of Japanese packaging, it's just only in Japanese. So we want to uh, support both English and Japanese for the uh, application. And right now, at this moment, we just focus on food, drinks, cosmetics, and hand grabs. Um, We want to provide a lot of valuable product information, also the reviews, and then reward for our users. And uh, we are going to launch our um, test beta next month, so we really want you guys to support for us. And remember, if you come to Tokyo 2020, we will be a little bit of help. Thank you. Okay,
1: well done, let's give her a big round of applause. Of course, 2020, the Olympics are coming back to Tokyo, which is amazing. Um, tell me uh, the name of the company again.
5: Endoraku. In Japanese, we call it Doraku.
1: Okay. And your premise is that Americans or people around the world would like to experience buying more products from Japan. Yes. And you will be the Amazon...
5: No. Yeah. We want to be the digital storefront for a lot of e-commerce ah. who want to sell their product. Got it. So you yes. want to be more
1: like a Squarespace or a Magento? Or yeah. A-
5: but actually, the product itself, a design is... Um, Tinder for the products, like, dislike, you know.
1: Oh, you could, uh, you, Yes, yeah, you, we want
5: people to have, to have fun. So you wanna be a platform? Yes. Okay,
1: so uh, this is very important for you to state up front, because when we were hearing the pitch, I was just thinking you're gonna curate the best of most interesting, quirky stuff from Japan, and like make a storefront out of it and be Amazon. And that would not be so interesting, I predict, to investors. But being a platform, Yes. It is very interesting because now you've taken out the inventory, you've taken out um, having to deliver it, probably taken out most of the customer service, and you're going to get paid by those companies to be on the platform. Yes. And then if you drive traffic to it, you basically become this giant eBay, which is probably more. Actually, it's my dream
5: to um, get from the rich to help the poor because, you know, a lot of craps from Japan which is disappear at this moment, and I think it's unfair. I was working for big corporations before, and they have a lot of money to do marketing, Yeah. but all the small business uh, in Japan, they don't have a lot of money for marketing, so we want to help. So
1: that's a noble mission. You can totally market that to your customers. Don't ever bring it up with investors again, (laughs) because once they hear that you have a noble mission and you want to help people and you have any charity in your bloodstream or DNA... They will be like, oh my God, this is incredible. You're amazing. I couldn't get my partners around it, but we're totally rooting for you. Because VCs will lie, and we'll have the VCs up in the next panel and we'll talk about the the grand lie. But all VCs care about, at the end of the day, is being able to raise their next fund, and they can only raise their next fund if they have returns. So no matter what VCs say, the true north for all of them is gonna be, can they make returns? If you say you wanna do good in the world or you wanna give your profits away or you're doing this for some other reason other than having a high margin business that scales to 100 million in revenue, well then you're, you're in their portfolio working against them getting their next fund. So it's survival for them. It's very important for founders to know this. I know that a lot of millennials and this next generation after them, Generation Z or whatever it is, like. They all want to change the world and do good in the world. And I totally respect that. I just have seen it fall flat with investors over and over and over again. Maybe this next generation of millennial, you know, like Ryan from Product Hunt, like maybe he gives a shit about that and he's gonna, that'll be the hill that he's gonna die on is we're gonna like be triple bottom line. But you basically eliminate 99% of investors if you bring up the do-gooder stuff. So. My suggestion is do all that stuff. Just don't bring it up.
5: Okay. Okay. Let's
1: give her a big round of applause. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Let me take a moment to tell you about LinkedIn's talent solutions. We all know it's brutally hard right now to hire somebody. Unemployment's at an all-time low. And... People have their choice of where they can go work. It's hard to find great people. But here is the hack that we use here at Launch and at Inside.com that's worked. It's going to LinkedIn and placing an ad on LinkedIn. If you go to LinkedIn.com slash twist, you're going to get a $50 credit towards your first job post on LinkedIn. Once again, that URL is LinkedIn.com slash TWIST to get the 50, to get a fitty, Go get the fitty. And here's the reason why you need to get that and get that ad placed. It's because we've used it and we got so many studio director uh, applications. We received 68 candidates in two weeks. I'm not talking about like just dumb resumes coming in. 68 qualified candidates in just two weeks. And we were able to land Director Charles. We spoke with 17 of them because there were so many good ones. Think about what that could do for your business right now. Imagine having 68 candidates to choose from, speaking with 17 of them. And here's the punchline. It cost us $140 for the ad. It was so easy, breezy. LinkedIn has 70% of the U.S. workforce. You know that because you're there. You have a LinkedIn page. And It is the greatest way to find talent today. There are 22 million professionals viewing and applying to jobs on LinkedIn every week. Not every year, not every month, every week. Over 20 million professionals just waiting to hear about your job. And these are sometimes passive searches. You know, they're not looking. But hey, maybe they see an interesting job come up. Oh, working for JCal at This Week in Startups. That sounds more interesting to me. Well, that's the magic of LinkedIn Talent Solutions. They have all the professionals out there, and they have all their profiles, and you get in front of them. Terms and conditions, of course, apply, but get that $50 credit towards your first job posting. You're going to love it. You're going to love the results and staffing up to take on the world in 2019. Get in there. LinkedIn.com slash twist. LinkedIn.com slash TWIST. Okay, let's get back to this amazing episode. Tell us your name. I'm Trisha Bright. I'm the founder and CEO of Good Social. All right. And where are you from?
6: I am from the Bay Area.
1: Beautiful. Trisha, you have one minute on the clock. Three, two, go.
6: Listen closely and you'll hear it. The sound like rushing water as users come pouring off Facebook, a sound that's music to my ears because we stand ready to catch and embrace those users on Good Social, a new social network that fosters community-level civic engagement and creates a new paradigm for how businesses, people, nonprofits, and government collaborate and innovate in communities around the social challenges in the communities we share. It's a place for where constructive dialogue can happen to solve and improve lives and solve for challenges. It's also a place where people take action and get that gets them out of the virtual world and into reality. Through good social people build their good social impact profile, a valuable new piece of social currency that's important especially for young people entering the workforce and applying for college. Narav said yesterday we need to build things that make the world a better place. I hope you'll join me in doing this.
1: Okay, well done. Let's give Trish a big round of applause. You can pass the microphone. Oh, you got a microphone. Tell us your name. Aman. Aman, you have one minute. Three, two, go. Okay.
7: Thank you. Um,
1: All right, let's start again. Put 60 started, seconds on the clock. Take 30. a deep breath. Yeah. Just here's, how, here's my secret. Just look at like an empty seat over there and then an empty seat over here and then an empty seat over here as you talk <laughs> no, I'm good. and you will not be nervous.
7: Three, two, go. Good morning, everybody. My name is uh, Ahmad. I'm a co-founder and CEO at the Garage. Uh, Garage, in short, uh, in short it's an Airbnb for uh, renting consumer goods. Um, the $44 billion industry, excluding the car rentals in the U.S. market, lacks a marketplace solution. Um, and it needs technology shift. What we did that we built a mobile application that includes rental, uh, rental marketplace mobile application, that includes the booking management system, in-app delivery management system, um, in-app messaging system, and we are in talk with partnership uh, with insurance company. Uh, we take 25 percent cut out of each transaction. We started three months ago and we have like around 300 users and we have around 40 listings. Thank you for listening. Okay, well done. Uh, and the startup is Garage. Garage. And you're Aman. A-M-A-N?
1: Amad. A M A N? Amadi. Ahmad. got it. Thank you. Okay, tell us your name. Chaz Herring. Correct. I uh, have it written down here. Uh, okay, Chaz, what's. Uh, well, I don't need to know the name of your company because you're going to say it in
8: about two seconds. One minute on the clock. Three, two, go. Hi, I'm Chaz Herring, and I'm a builder. This summer, I was working on a solar panel to AC. And while I could find a list of videos, I couldn't find a list of the parts. And it was strange, because I was trying to support the creator and I was going to buy the parts. Well, it turns out that the um, affiliate revenue is the largest untapped or unoptimized revenue stream that a creator has today. Um, So I started working on Maker's Part List, a site that allows creators and do-it-yourselfers to create a list that has all the tools and materials used per project and have their affiliate links in there as well. They can share it with their viewers. Um, And I just started. I always heard the the saying that if you're not embarrassed when you launch, then you waited too long. So I just launched uh, private beta last week. I got my first three users. And between my three creators, they have 70 million views and 450,000 subscribers. Thank you. OK, well
1: done. 450,000 subscribers for how many users? Across three creators across like three art, creators one, one medium and one talent. ah, got it and those those are their followers like on social media on, on Twitter, on youtube on youtube got it YouTube. okay so you were able to land three creators one of them obviously has a huge following all right so we heard three pitches each of the pitches i would say were solid none of them were bad and let's just talk about each of the businesses for a second and then we'll talk a little bit about presenting as well uh working backwards chaz um putting together lists of maker parts, and then you're going to package them and then sell them? No, so I just, we just use affiliate links on Amazon. Got we link to the tools. Got it. So the affiliate link business is easy to dismiss because it's been around for a long time, and it's a grinded out low margin business. And so most people, when you pitch them, are going to be like, oh, affiliate business is in 1997, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what you have to do is realize that if done well, with a wedge, with a beachhead, with an audience that's passionate, even if something's old, it can be new again, it can perform. A perfect example of this is uh, a website called The Wirecutter, which the New York Times bought for 30 million. How many people ever used The Wirecutter or Sweetheart? Raise your hand. So it's like about, I don't know, it looks like 5% of the audience know about this. How many people have heard of Consumer Reports? Raise your hand. Okay, so. Uh, and how many people have used Consumer Reports to actually buy something? This is pretty incredible, right? Um, Consumer Reports is a nonprofit, it's behind a paywall. Wirecutter did a better job or as good, I'd say better, but as good uh, as Consumer Reports. And their business model was we're going to spend $10,000 doing reviews of umbrellas, literally umbrellas. And they put t shirts on hangers under umbrellas and then set up hoses to spray the umbrellas for hours to see which t-shirt got wet or didn't, and you're just like, okay, is this necessary? It's completely not necessary. But then you think about it, well, if they, and maybe they didn't spend $10,000 on that one, maybe they spent $3,000 doing that experiment for a week. Um, But if we all benefit from it and we buy the right umbrella, it works. That site prints money with affiliate links to the point at which they never raised money. I threw money at them. Please take my money. I kept asking, Brian. Brian, please, I'll give you a 500,000. I'll give you a million. Please let us invest. Go big. This could be a billion dollar company. He sold it for like 30, 40 million to New York Times. And it was because the affiliate revenue was so strong. Because yeah, they might make 10 cents or 50 cents on an umbrella sale. But if you buy that big screen TV, uh-huh. and you hit that link, you know they might make $60 or $100. So there can be bigger uh, ticket items. So I don't dismiss it, but you'll have to prove it. And it's something you're gonna have to think about because if you're linking to little tiny things, it may not make money. Power tools. Yeah, Yeah. power tools is where you're gonna make your money, right? Um, And then working to a mods, again, very easy to be cynical about a business that's Airbnb for X. Because also Airbnb and renting items is going to be something that is um, been done many times. I've seen many pitches for the same idea over and over again. And it turns out, Items are so cheap, uh, people don't like sharing them, it's too much friction, and it's too low of a ticket value. Whereas a hotel room you know, in a stay for three or four nights at $100 or $200 a night, it, it kind of adds up pretty quick. The 10% or 25% on that can be a lot of money. Um, so that's going to be the big objection you're going to get. Uh, and you're going to have to figure out which items are actually worth renting. And if you look in the real world, there is a um, an example of like uh, is see Granger that lets people rent like the big multi-thousand-dollar tools, or you know you can rent vacuums, and I think that's a grinded-out business. So that's the feedback you're going to get. Uh, Trisha, you uh, started out with I think the sort of dissing of Facebook, and you know it's pretty easy to do. I did it all day yesterday, in fact, um, and uh, it's popular of the moment. But a lot of that time took away from exactly what is interesting about your approach. So be careful with dissing a huge success, you want to make sure you also um, spend time on what you're talking about. You started talking about online communities having constructive dialogue and people doing great stuff in the world and I just thought, that's not what online communities are for. Online communities are for raging out and getting social currency by being pissed off about something that you you haven't even read the original story and you don't know any of the details or have any subject matter on. Are you crazy? Uh, but that's the kind of crazy I like. Um, and then this whole idea of like building your social currency profile—it's it, you—you want to play to people's better angels and have them take all that negative energy and the rage tweeting on things they have no knowledge of, and they forget that they even rage tweeted and they re- didn't even read the source material, let alone have expertise on, and put that into maybe people having some expertise and going into the field and doing stuff. So it's completely noble. And crazy, um, but it's kind of crazy. I like so of the three ideas, um, I think Ahmad, you're gonna have the toughest time. A lot of people have tried, uh, and you're gonna have the toughest time, toughest time with investors. So you're gonna have to prove it. Uh, Chaz, it's gonna be a very easy boutique kind of business to get to, and you should bootstrap it and learn, and then do what Brian did at the wire cutter, which is just don't take money and just grow it and keep it lean. And then if you get to, you know, uh, 50K a month, 25K a month in affiliate revenue, then look into raising money uh, if you want to go real big. And then, uh, Tricia, I like the idea, but you're going to have to prove it as well, because I think people want the quick dopamine hit and you're trying to get people to eat healthy and take a long term view. It's going to be very hard for you. Um, But the hard things are the things that are often worth doing. So I'm most interested in following Tricia's. So I'm gonna give you the number one of this cohort only because it's the most original. Well done, let's give him a round of applause. Thank you. All right, let's do another cohort of three. I'll go
9: a little bit faster. Okay, what's your name? I'm Ken. Three, two, go. I'm Ken from PageSeal, and I'd like you to imagine a product that was so easy to install on a website, yet so powerful that almost overnight, you'd see a two, two to five percent uplift in whatever metric it is on your website. On e-commerce sites, it would be sales. On content sites, it would be page views and click-through rates. You'd probably think that I'm crazy or it doesn't make sense. But the reason why it happens is because 5 to 10% of web traffic is infected, infected with malware, toolbars, and viruses on their computer that want nothing more than to, when you browse the web, to take you from one website, steal you to a competitor's website, and convert over on the other website. We identify who the infected user is, block the malware from working at runtime, and turn that infected user back into being a regular converting user, therefore creating the uplift on your website. PageSeal launched the product at the beginning of the year. We already have enterprise and large websites using our product. We have a 200K ARR already for this year, and we're ready to scale.
1: Okay, and your first name is? Ken. Ken, PageSeal. PageSeal, yep. Great. Tell us your name. Cheryl, Portland, Oregon. Cheryl, Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. Uh, one minute on the clock, three, two, go.
0: So it's 2016, and my mother's coming to visit, and I was not going to do that sober. So I went online trying to find a sweet white wine, her catnip, and a cheese plate under one roof. Couldn't find it. And I thought, I can't be the only one. So there's 11,000 wineries in the U.S., together dropping $2 billion in advertising, generating $41.8 billion in bottle sales, of which 47% occurred at the tasting room. And yet, people don't know where to go. And wineries, when asked, they don't know how you got there. I bring you Vino Voyage, where you can search by varietal, geography, amenity, anything, really. So the data dripping off this platform is pretty far reaching. I envision sitting down with Gallo and the wine group, providing them analytics on the experiences tasters are currently looking for. And when I'm done with wine, there's beer, spirits, and coffee. Thank you.
1: Okay. well done. Next up, tell us your name. Well, my name is Dimitri. Say it
10: one more time. Dmitri. Dimitri. Yeah, I'm from Eastern Europe, from Belarus. Are you from Italy as well? No, um, no it's uh, Central Europe, it's Belarus, it's former. Thank FOMA you for US people SSI. who are paying attention. I appreciate that. <laughs> I knew I'd land one joke this morning. It's former USSR I'm <laughs> doing coffee. two cups
1: of coffee, people. I'm yeah. trying to get back in the game, all right? <laughs> I'm trying, I got iced, I got hot.
10: Dimitri, one minute, three, to go. My name is Dimitri, I'm a uh, founder of uh, Beneficial Vision, Beneficial vision is a smart contact lens with augmented reality, virtual reality, and as we used to say in our company, improved reality. By that, we mean that uh, all visual data uh, that you possess, you may just uh, put in front of your eye. So the technology consists of smart contact lenses, uh, earphones with positioning sensors that track the position of the or lenses on your eye. Also it consists of two rings that uh, we use to input and control the information and wireless frame to charge of the lenses. And also transmitters that connect all the devices and uh, allow you to be connected to the world and improve your reality. And the future begins today with our project. So okay vision.com All right, well done. Okay,
1: so, Dimitri claims he has contact lenses that are better than Magic Leap's and uh, Microsoft's HoloLens, which are currently make, make people look like Cyclops with a giant headset, and you figured out how to make them into contact lenses when two companies with billions of dollars invested can't make them wearable for more than 15 minutes. Is that correct, Dimitri?
10: I do not claim that we're better, but I claim that we have and possess the technology that we may beat these companies, but we need- When do you think you'll have these amazing contact lenses that we saw in Minority Report? We them have and we test them. You have them and tested them? Yeah, we test. Is The process of testing just started- So you put
1: on the contact lenses, it's almost- you look through them, and then you see augmented reality. Is that what you're claiming? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, how much do they cost?
10: You know, we'll uh, just uh, try to make the less prices possible and we'll- Good, okay, so they'll be cheaper. It will be like- Than the other ones
1: that don't exist and are not gonna exist for the next decade. (laughs) Okay, anyway, when you hear a pitch like this that's so fantastical and bends against all concepts of reality, you have to, as an investor, I'm being a little bit facetious here, you probably want to drill down into figuring out what is the actual hardcore technology here that Microsoft, Google, Apple, and Magic Leap with tens of billions invested haven't even tipped their cards to show. So what's your background is how I'd figure that out. What's your background?
10: Actually, I'm a lawyer and uh, also...
1: (laughs) Okay, so Cheryl, let's talk about... (laughs) Vino Voyage. Uh, oof. Uh, you cut me off at the past with Vino Voyage because I was going to say, oh, God, here we go. Another one of these wine nerds with, like, their wine problems. And we have them. I know. And <laughs> none of us do. It's just like we're just like, oh, wine. Yeah, I'll have some. And then you're like, we can't get cheese and wine in the same place. Anybody ever have this problem? Everybody's like, No. I, I have cheese and I have wine, and so the problem statement was horrible. Um, but then, as I say, you cut me with the past when you're like, oh, the vineyards don't know you know, who their customers are. A lot of this stuff happens in tasting rooms. So I was starting to figure out, like, maybe there's something here. And then I was like, that's too small. And the reason why investors never touch these wine businesses or they tend to stay away from them is too niche, too small, too fragmented, um, too controlled, and they, just assume it's not going to be a billion-dollar business. It's going to be, you know, a hundred-million-dollar business. But then you said, oh, and then we're going to do coffee and some other stuff as well, so... um, I think there's some possibilities there uh, around travel, because it's high margin, and you're planning on doing tours, is that correct? That's the product? The product is a tour, a wine tour.
0: The product is building an itinerary. Now, you can send that itinerary to transportation companies and get a ride,
1: Uh, So I can build an itinerary of what wine stops I want to go see. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, again, it's like a wine nerd soft problem, like way off here, but sometimes that's a fine place to start if you have a vision of where that can go to, and that's what we call a wedge strategy or a beachhead, so it's fine to have that and make it work at a high margin and then see if it can go to other places. Um, But as stated, it was super confusing. So be careful with your problem statement. If you're gonna come out and take the problem statement, like, has anybody ever had this problem and how horrible it is, you need to have everybody nod. Anybody here ever have their flight canceled? Who's had a flight canceled? Raise your hand if you had a flight canceled. Okay. We created (laughs) flightcanceled.com. That eliminates all canceled flights. (laughs) How many people are interested in that product? Okay, right, that's the kind of, you don't want to be like, anybody ever break a violin string? Who's broken a violin string? Okay, right, so you guys feel me, you feel me. We make the best violin strings that don't break. Just be careful with that, like. I'm thinking on
0: small but mighty.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Not in this town. Um, It's gotta be big scale, right? The name of the conference is scale. (laughs) So just, again, if you're going after the venture money in this town, and you want to go big. You want to go a little bit big. Okay. Thank you. Now, Page Seal, 200k in annual revenue yep. across how many customers? Twenty. Twenty customers. Twenty paying customers. Yeah. Twenty paying customers. Yep. So that is their customers, not users. Thank if- you for that. And uh, I'm doing the math here: 200 divided by the 20. So that means you're making about a million dollars per customer. No, 10k per customer. Yes, exactly. So you're getting people to pay you almost a thousand bucks a month for That's this. Right. So it has to be providing some value. Um, And I understand the problem statement, people's website, people's web visits get hijacked and people lose some percentage of traffic. So PageChill is the most real business, obviously most real traction. So I'm going to pick them as the winner for here. Dimitri, uh, I I can't wait to read the patents. And (laughs) Cheryl, uh, you're going to have to, if you want to get angel money, you want to raise money, got to be a little bit of a bigger vision. So I would look at it and think about what's the platform that everybody could use and is wine I'm assuming wine's your passion? Clearly. Wine nerd, okay. (laughs) I would just step back for a second and say, did I find a device, a behavioral hook that's so great that there must be something better than your own personal passion for wine where it might apply and just understand if that exists, right? Sure. So once you make that itinerary planning, maybe the itinerary planning is better for, you know, business travelers and maybe they have more money to spend and maybe they do it more frequently and people go on wine tours once a year, or once every two years, and it's a small population. But uh, how many people flew here? Raise your hand if you flew here. It's like half the audience or so. So like business, how many people went on a wine tour this year? Okay, so it's like eight people versus 300 people. So understand that. Give them a big round of applause. Ken, Cheryl, Dimitri. We've been using HubSpot here at Launch for a couple of years and we love it. It's incredible for marketing, you know that, but also my sales team, my sales team loves loves it for CRM. It's fast, it's intuitive, it's robust, and they have a great program called HubSpot for Startups. This is a program that helps startups grow and scale faster and better. It's super cool. It includes a ridiculously steep discount on the HubSpot Growth platform, up to 90% off for startups in this education and programming and access to all HubSpot integrations at a startup-friendly cost. Thousands of startups are already using HubSpot for sales, marketing, and services and you're going to learn from amazing mentors associated with HubSpot for startups. If you want to take advantage of HubSpot for startups, head to hubspot.com slash startups slash twist and read more. That URL again, hubspot.com H-U-B-S-P-O-T, HubSpot.com, slash startups, slash twist. If you use the Twist link, you will be entered into a drawing for a free ticket to HubSpot's 20,000-person live event called Inbound, which is happening September 3rd through 6th in Boston. What a great deal. So go to, again, HubSpot.com, slash startups, slash twist. We use HubSpot. We love it. It's incredible software. It's going to help your company grow. And that's what it's all about. Okay, let's get back to this amazing podcast.
11: Three, two, go. Hi, my name is Tavio, and I'm co-founder and CEO of Truffle. Truffle is an on-demand platform that allows a guest to walk into a restaurant without a reservation and wait less by bidding on the next available table. Any amount bid acts as a credit towards your food and dining experience. So if you bid $50, you get to spend $50 in restaurants. We are the anti-reservation platform. We're initially focused on the 250,000 dine-in restaurants in the US that do not take reservations. Reservations are a problem. People don't show up, they show up late, or they show up with different party sizes. In addition to that, restaurants are taking a gamble every time you sit down. Are you going to split a salad, or order a four course meal? Truffle helps restaurants maximize their peak revenue, and we make a portion of each transaction. We've raised $795,000 to date, we have a fully functioning iOS and Android app, and we are currently have over 40 restaurants on board in LA. With Truffle, you're always first in line.
1: Okay, well done, let's give him a big round of applause. That was a very tight pitch. Next up, tell us your name. Matt. Matt, you have one minute on the clock, and tough competition from Truffle's amazingly crisp pitch. Three, two, no pressure, go.
7: Being a freelancer in 2018, is really hard. Not only do you need to have a really, really good skill, you need to be able to find customers, sell customers, keep customers, make sure they pay their invoices, manage your cash flow, when all you wanted to do was get in the game and write. This is the problem that I'm solving with Publoft. Publoft is a company that connects writers to startups and companies who need their blogs managed. Our traction is good. We've had over 35 customers, 500 startups as one of them. We've had over $65,000 in revenue. Right now our MRR is $7,000. And what we're planning on doing is taking what we've done to the writing industry and doing it for video, for code, for admins, to actually create the future of work that freelancers want to be a part of. So next time you're a freelancer and you're looking for work, stop looking for work and just call Publoft. Thanks.
1: Okay, well done. Publoft. (laughs) Off to a strong start. Tell us your name. Go ahead. It's on. Reshma. Reshma, you have, is that pronouncing correct? Reshma? Great. One minute on the clock. Three, two, go.
12: Haka. Haka is a blockchain as a service platform for low income litigants going through the court process. Haka helps litigants with court finances and bail in a decentralized token economy. Haka also humanizes the process of the court by letting these litigants voice their court problems in a pseudo-anonymous fashion. Haka lets you, the public, understand the litigant story to humanize this process. Through a blockchain minimum viable ecosystem, Haka is changing the world one step at a time. Think about the world. There is a tremendous legal problem right now in underdeveloping and developing nations, the legal system is in shambles. Right here, in the US also. We see this on TV, on YouTube, on-
1: Okay, well done, big round of applause. And correct, the microphone does turn off after a minute uh, because founders will just do whatever they want. (laughs) We'll take one question, maybe we'll take two and the most provocative question of the event, thank you. Uh, Or they'll just go for five minutes it's just the nature of entrepreneurs. Um, but good uh, start here. Let me start with Truffle. Um, requested, uh, which was Sonny's company that sold to Waiter, was doing something similar, um, where he get discounts on a table. And uh, I talked to him about, hey, what if I said I would commit to buying a bottle of wine? Would I be able to get a table? Could I overbid? And he thought about that. And I think what the market research has found, and yours may be different, uh, at least here in the United States, is the, and I'm an investor in requested, I'm sorry, uh, no, reserve. Is, yeah, you were requested, There was reserve. I have a small investment in reserve, which was also like paying for tables, so you're aware of them. I think they've done well. Uh, they were kind of Uber for reservations. I love the idea of people bidding uh, for, to jumping the line. And in fact, I've been using your product for 30 years, you don't know, but it's a very simple process. Um, I would take, I'll show you how to do it. It's pretty interesting, my, my technique. Um, so um, go ahead and stand back here. I'm gonna teach everybody how to use your product. And I did this with Mike Savino many times in New York. Get a little, get a little 50 right here, you get a 50? You put a little 50 or 20, put it like this. Um, say your name is Susan and you're the hostess at the, you know, the Nobu. Uh, take the microphone. Here we go. Watch. And then you stand here like you're the next person. (laughs) Now watch this move. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Susan, I had it. I forgot to make reservations, very embarrassing for me, but um, it's a really important dinner. If there's anything you can do, because I, I, you know, I should have made a reservation here, but I didn't. Um, if you can help me out in any
11: way, I truly appreciate it. yeah, it's Jason. Jason, okay, Yeah, we'll get you right here, Jason.
1: Boom. <laughs> work, give me, the, give
11: me the money back. Get out of here. Um,
1: I, listen, I've done this no less than 50 times, and it's worked 49 out of 50. The one time it didn't work, the hostess went to me and said, I'm sorry, I'm super overbooked, there's no way I can help you here and she gave me the money back. So the fear is always, you're not gonna get the money back. Nobody will take the tip and not seat you. It works every time. So I believe your business could work. I don't know if it will or not. I encourage you to keep testing and trying. In Sydney, when I was there, Mike and I just went through the list of the best restaurants, bing, 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 every night. you know That's what Mike does, he just sets, up, he sets them up, I pay. Uh, And uh, it was the opposite back in the day. He would set them up and pay, and I would eat. Um, But what we would do is uh, they would give you a $50 fee cancellation fee, which is essentially the same kind of thing. They're kind of ensuring, and then prefixes do this as well. So I believe in it. Most restaurateurs don't. I think you just have to test it, and it's going to be very hard to change consumer behavior. But I love the idea of jumping the line. and it just personally resonates with me. Um, And how many people, let's be honest, I'm gonna ask how many people want to pay to jump the line and then how many people, you know, are socialists. How many people wanna pay to jump the line? And who are the socialists in the room? Okay, exactly, it's like 50-50. That sometimes is the best companies when it's polarizing like that. Uh, Publoft, freelancers, customers, 65K, I'm guessing, and that's GMV, but I'm not sure, and you have 7K in MRR. So obvious, 6K and MRR, um, and it's sort of like, well, haven't we seen this business before many times? So then my question for you is, what's this MRR? Because aren't freelancers working on a project basis? What's the, what's the MRR? How, what's that about?
7: Yeah, we're trying to really change how agencies are perceived. Uh, we're kind of tr- going down the gigster model, um, making like a smart agency. So actually- for- What are they
1: paying for an MRR?
7: They're They're paying, paying. So He's our paying. best customer pays three thousand a month. Our, our lowest paying customer is seven fifty a month for some number for four, four posts a month, Got like clockwork.
1: Okay. All right, so it's a subscription. Great yeah. subscription model to content like that means you acquire the customer and then they keep paying. Well done. It's an interesting business. Now uh, Hakara Haka, spell it for me. You're
12: mixing up my name and the company. Haka H A K
1: A. That's what I'm saying. Haka is the name of the company. H A K A. Is there a Hawaiian name or?
12: Uh, it it's something? a Maori, New Zealand name. The reason ah. I picked it is because it's a war cry on yeah. the legal system.
1: Got it. OK, so when you hear a pitch like this without an exact example in it, an example would have helped this pitch. So I always tell people examples matter and I could feel your passion um, for it. So it made me very interesting. There's some backstory here, I'm going to guess, of why you're making this. Well,
12: I went to law school um, for social justice and public interest. I did AmeriCorps. I've seen um, immigrants, refugees, low-income litigants go through um, not just the legal process, but citizenship with other issues that they face. Great. Um, So they're not integrated into society the way we think they are, and they're marginalized and victimized.
1: Great. So this is critically important when you're investing in a company. We heard this the other day, like- why are you doing this? If you're doing it to just make money, it's gonna be really hard and that most days suck as an entrepreneur. So you're always trying to, as an investor, make sure you back the person with the most passion. You are that person in this cohort. But we heard blockchains, tokens, litigants, anonymous. It, it, it was so many buzzwords and without an example. So what I would encourage you to do when you're thinking about it in a pitch situation like this is come up with a, the simplest, easiest to understand example. So what's the simplest Example, meet Jason. Jason is an immigrant who is immigrating to Sydney and he has the following problem. So go ahead and just for 15 seconds, tell us In your, what is the simplest way for us to understand why this person's information is going on the blockchain? Do you have an example?
12: Why not? Susie, Susie is a low income immigrant. Her grandmother pledged her collateral, her, her house, to pay her bail bond. Susie is now in prison for an allegation. She is forced to sign a plea bargain, to plead guilty to a crime she may or may not have committed. This is Susie's story.
1: Great, perfect. So now we're starting to say, okay, and then how does this relate to the blockchain and how does this make money? And that would be the question of how does this make money?
12: So there's a variable interest rate and a laddered CD approach um, that's customized and tailored to each individual. Ah. Um, and, um, there's also the data collection aspect as we go through the court process. So running data analytics on it in-house and then using that, um, in the court system, because a lot of courts or the legal system focuses more on lawyers, judges, and corporate, like corporate law firms, not so much the litigant, the person they're often shunned. And so this is, Saying focus on the person because I got it. It's okay. she who matters. The question was
1: about revenue, though. I got it.
12: Right. And so yeah. taking that data, the information that the yeah. person puts on the blockchain in a pseudo anonymous fashion. And the reason I say it is because there's confidential, sensitive information got in it. the legal that lawyers and judges wouldn't want to be out there in okay. the public decentralized.
1: Uh, got it. It's a little confusing, but I sent you the hold videos. on.
11: I you, I got gotcha. you
1: uh remember always when you're in this format concisely answering the question is always important yeah. so just concise answer is always good um so i'm gonna say uh, my pick for out of these three is PubLoft. um i'm most passionate you get it uh and also most unique and interesting i think truffle is also very bold because as you saw half the room hates it and so it's gonna be, you're gonna have a huge struggle in changing consumer behavior and getting restaurateurs to wanna to do this. It's so hard to get them to change their behavior and get consumers change their behavior. But if you do, you'll succeed. So I, even though I didn't pick either of you, I'm super fascinated by both. Um, but Publoff um, has a clear shot at goal. Subscription to, Subscriptions to freelancers producing on a regular basis content for businesses, they all want that, I know. And I've never heard anybody offer it as a SaaS model like that. I'm sure there are some freelancers who say, pay me a retainer of 2,000, I'll write you two blog posts a month. But I've never seen a platform that does that. So I think that that's got a very clear shot on goal to make money today. Let's give them all a big round of applause. (laughs) Nicely done. One more group. All right, I'm giving you all 50 seconds on the clock to to pitch. Put 50 seconds, thank you. You get 50 seconds to pitch. You have to deal with uncertainty and change as a founder. Tell us your name. Jonathan. Three,
8: two, go. How many of you have ever had problems finding parking in your life? Show of hands. Yeah, I think that's more than said they had canceled flights earlier, so that's pretty significant. So with Air Garage, we're working with churches and businesses that have unused parking spaces and we're renting them out to drivers on demand. So we're different from other parking apps because we're actually increasing the supply that is available so we can drive down parking prices and find you the best spot so other parking apps they just act as credit card payment processors and they could really just be replaced by venmo you know on the parking meter but that's not what we do we do the entire process of managing parking from advertisement to payment to enforcement so we're scaling enforcement by doing something similar to what bird chargers do where we pay drivers to scan license plates and they earn free parking in our parking lots. So we launched June 1st and we've scaled up to about $40,000 in monthly GMB.
1: Okay, well done, big round of applause. Next up, 50 seconds on the clock, three, two, go. Hi,
11: I'm Eli. Learn to Fly Air is
1: solving a nearly universal problem. We all waste huge amounts of our valuable time driving long distances where we have no other choice. With Learn to Fly Air, you can fly, on demand from Palo Alto to Lake Tahoe in 50 minutes for $375 total for up to three people. This is equal to the per mile cost of an Uber X. How do we hit this incredible price? We disrupt the heavily regulated charter industry by using the responsible and low cost regulations for flight instruction. That's right, our experience is educational. You take a fun, interesting and low stress flight lesson in a fast four seat, new airplane along the way. Well done, big round of applause. <laughs> Learn to fly, air. Okay, next up, 50 seconds on the clock. Three, two, go.
13: Hi, I'm Laura Bezich, founder of Muvo. Disorganization is a very common problem among college students because they live in small shared spaces and they move a lot. The problem with these existing solutions is that they don't work together in one system, It's time to reinvent the category of organizing products. MUVO combines furniture, organizing system, and moving boxes into one system. It's a patented paper honeycomb construction, and it's super strong 2,000 pound crush test, and it's light enough to lift with a finger. The organizing products industry is $6 billion with no market leader. And we're not just selling boxes. We're selling empowerment, freedom, adventure, and mobility.
1: Okay, let's hear it for Muvo Boxes. Uh, okay, here we go. 50 seconds on the clock. Three, two, go.
8: Hey, can, I, can anybody uh, guess how much this granola bar costs?
1: twenty-five.
8: Well. Uh, $0.70 at uh, Amazon and Google Express, and uh, $1 at uh, small grocery stores like Mom and Pops. We sat with with my co-founder and uh, uh, decided to figure out why. Um, And we found out that the distribution chain is very inefficient for small and medium-sized businesses. So we uh, decided to build a wholesale B2B marketplace for small and medium-sized businesses. Uh, At the moment, we have built our MVP. We have uh, 80 pre subscribed users just from Product Hunt and uh, Word of Mouth. Uh, We have five distributors signed up, and uh, we're about to launch next month. What's the name of the business? Your sub. Your sub? Your sub. Your supply. Your sub. Ah, your SUB. Oh, sub. Your sub. Your SUP. Yeah,
1: your sub. I was going to just say, wow, it's really. San Francisco-based company, I take it? Um, uh, thank, you. Our uh, team, helpful
8: thank you. Our team is in Russia. Got it,
1: okay. Um, so, three, uh, four great companies. Um, the wholesale marketplace one, we'll start there since it's right in our memory, yours up. Um, hard to understand a little bit there, um, but marketplaces are interesting and you will be judged, uh, you know, when people look at both sides of that marketplace and what the profit is. It's going to have to be a pretty giant marketplace, I think, um, because the margins are going to be so low, but it, there, there is this mid-level of distributors. I know them because my dad used to take me to them when I was a kid in Brooklyn. Uh, Jetro is the name of it. Um, learn to fly. Using that quick hack of you learn to fly, therefore it's a charter, but it's not a charter because it's a thing. Um, I Hacks are interesting but hacks are challenging because sometimes the loopholes get closed and then the whole business goes away. So that's gonna be the big risk there. Um, But there there could be something there, obviously. Um, Air Garage, the big challenge you'll have uh, despite uh, all the cleverness and execution that you seem to have going after churches and uh, using some of the bird hacks is that most investors believe car ownership is going away and that garages in cities are going to be repurposed into housing because there's a housing crisis and cars will self-drive themselves 40 minutes out of a city and park somewhere and charge and then come back. So I think you're gonna have an extremely cold reception with long-term billion dollar investors, but you might do okay in the angel crowd if you keep this revenue going. So that's something to think about. Uh, but. Um, what was the name of your company, the box company, Muvo, M-E-V-O, M-U-V-O, Muvo. Um, certainly you get points for doing what I call a wow moment in, uh, a presentation, uh, which is a moment of unexpected joy or interest. And when you jumped on the box, first of all, you bring the box on stage, we're like, what, why is she? This is weird, open mic night, things get strange. It's um, it's a box company. But then you stand on it and I was like, oh, it's furniture and it's a box, so you can basically take your entire apartment apart, put the things in the boxes and ship it and then come back to your dorm. Uh, But that wow moment was like, oh wow, this is interesting. It's um, a pretty strong box that could act as furniture and it's cheap. And I could see uh, millennials who don't want to spend a ton of money on furniture wanting to just buy boxes. What does that box slash sign table cost?
13: These retail for twenty nine ninety nine. Got it. And there's trays and bins that accessorize the inside. And um, there's not ah, the like an Ikea
1: shelf. Yeah. It's you put the system. little
13: and so divots the, in there. And the, yeah, the accessories are. Uh, anywhere from three to nine dollars. Is this the
1: first generation
13: or second? This is a prototype. I have have no production product.
1: I have to say, you know, it's very easy for people um, who are not in the business of what I do, which is believing right, and hoping that there's something here and just Mm -hmm. sort of squinting a little bit and saying, what does the 2.0, 3.0 look like? Mm -hmm. I I could see the 2.0 or the 3.0 of this Mm -hmm. being an IKEA killer. Like, okay, this looks like a dirty white box, kind of janky. It's five years old, too. Totally fine. Um, don't say that again because it makes it look like you've been working on it for five years. Just be like, I just built this in the last five days. It's cool. Um, uh, no, it's, it's true. People are like, oh, this business has around, been around for five years, therefore it can't break out, you know, like, like Craigslist, um, which like the reason Craig is giving away tens of millions of dollars is that thing is probably throwing off tens of millions of dollars per year. I don't have inside information, I do have inside information, but anyway, I don't have inside information, but I'm guessing, you know, for sure. Um, So I look at that and I squint, I say, maybe the 3.0 version would be available with a print on it that's gorgeous and modern. Mm -hmm. And that maybe cribs what Restoration Hardware is doing this season. And I could fake it till I make it when I was in New York and I was broke. I would totally see myself doing this because, in fact, I did. I had boxes, uh, you know, set up, and then you'd put like a tabletop on it, and it'd be your desk. Like I had a desk that was a door yep. with a couple of boxes under it. And yep. That's not uncommon. So
13: yeah, this is designed to be a desk, a counter height, and a bar height.
1: So I think that there's something here. Um, I think you need a world class, you know, industrial designers type person to you know add to this to make it beautiful. And if it was beautiful and lightweight, and portable, and cheap. Yeah, yeah, why wouldn't I put my first apartment together like this? People laughed at Ikea, like, oh, that's dumb. Like, who's gonna buy a desk they have to put together themselves? People who are broke, right? Like, people who have more time than money are gonna do it because they have no choice. And that's probably all of us at some point, except for, you know, people who are born rich. Um, So I am going to pick uh, the box company, Muvo. Thanks. Move on.
5: Thank you.